0: Do you schedule and host events in the Jewish community? Conferences, webinars, local events? Please consider adding your events to Jcast Network's newest project, the Jewish Communal Events Calendar. Don't schedule events, but know someone who does? Invite them to add their events. If we all work together, we can create another wonderful resource for the Jewish community. Visit our calendar and post your events at jcastnetwork.org slash jcBC You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikenopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Once upon a time, there was a king of ancient Israel named Ahav, uh, or in the vernacular he's usually referred to as Ahab, uh, not to be confused with uh, the uh, lead character in the Herman Melville novel, Moby Dick, who's also named Ahab, although uh, named after that king. Uh, and so Ahab was king of Israel, and he had a, a wife, a queen, named Ezebel, Jezebel, uh, and uh, the two of them... Uh, proceeded to lead all of Israel at the time, uh, into worship of Baal, who was a, uh, popular god among the, uh, Canaanite nations at the time. Uh, and, uh, Achav and Ezebel led all of the people of Israel into, uh, worship of Baal, even going so far as replacing all of, uh, the priests to the God of Israel with priests of the God of Baal. And there remained only one person, at least in his self-reporting, only one person that remained loyal to the God of Israel, and that was a prophet named Elijah. And Elijah was not afraid to confront Ahab and Izebel and to try to communicate to them God's sincere desire that the nation of Israel be converted back to the worship of God and away from the worship of Baal. And so God commissions Elijah to engage in a test, a public test of which God was real, which God was effective, the God of Israel, Adonai, or the God or, or Baal tells Elijah to gather all of the prophets of Baal, all of the priests of Baal, on the top of a mountain, on top of Mount Carmel, and to engage in a test. The priests of Baal would sacrifice uh, bulls to Baal. Elijah would sacrifice bulls to God. And the one that uh, that, that was accepted by fire would be proof of the realness of either God. And so the priests of Baal slaughter their bulls and put them on the altars and nothing happens. Whereas Elijah dumps water on his altars so that it shouldn't be able to catch fire, does everything he could possibly do to make it as hard as possible for him. He slaughters his bulls, puts them on the altar, fire comes down, proving that the God of Israel is the real God. That's the sort of backdrop of what I want to uh, 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 talk about today. Because Elijah in that story says something extraordinary to the people of Israel. Before he engages in this test with, between him and the priests of Baal, he says this, So Elijah approached All of the people, Vayomer. And he said to them, How long will you dance, will you hop between two branches? In other words, imagine a bird jumping between two branches. How long, people of Israel, will you hop between two branches? If the Lord is God, then go after him. And if Baal is God, then follow after him. And the people answered him, not a word. In other words, Elijah says, there, it is impossible to have two loyalties. If the God of Israel is God, then follow him. If you believe Baal is God, then follow him. But it's impossible to have two loyalties. You can't follow two gods at the same time. You can't have two priorities at the same time. If one thing is your priority, then the other thing can't be your priority. If another thing is your priority, then the first thing can't be your priority. You have to choose one. We live in a world where there are competing demands for our loyalty. As American Jews, I think we feel this acutely, where we are often called to choose between our identity as Americans and our identity as Jews. Many of us prioritize that American identity. We adopt the Jewish identity when it's convenient or when it enables us to sort of blend into the larger culture, or when it is a source of pride or tribal, uh, or, 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 or tribal identification, Uh, or or sense of nostalgia, we adopt that Jewish identity. But for most of us, I suspect, we operate with this dual sense of loyalty about whether we are primarily Jews or we are primarily Americans. But that's not only true of American Jews, that's true of Jews everywhere in the world, including, I think, Israeli Jews. Because Israel, even though it is a state comprised of a Jewish majority with a Jewish character and Jewish government, is still nonetheless a secular liberal democracy. And so even there, there, is a, there are potentially competing demands on a person's loyalty, demands to the state, or demands to their religious identity our Torah portion this week offers us a very powerful commandment. It says at the beginning of the Torah portion, Kedoshim to you, ki kadosh ani Adonai Elohecha." You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now, that commandment is on its surface a complicated one because we don't know off the bat, what holiness really means. And if I were to ask every person in this room what holiness means, I might get as many answers as there are people here, maybe more answers than there are people here. After all, two Jews, three opinions, right? Holiness is an amorphous term. What does it really mean? So here's what I think it means. If you look up the term etymologically, how it's used in uh, ancient Hebrew the root kuf dalid shin, kadosh, which we use to mean holy or sanctified, really means separate or apart. And it's most commonly used in the sense of dedicated to something. Right, So you separate something from one context and you put it over here because it's dedicated for another purpose. And some of you might remember from your weddings if you uh, were were blessed to uh, to to be married in the Jewish uh, tradition you'll remember perhaps that one of the aspects of a Jewish wedding is called kidushin kidushin from the same root kuf dalet shin kidushin means to consecrate an act of consecration it's a betrothal ceremony in the wedding. It actually used to take place before the wedding itself. It was a separate ceremony altogether where uh, a couple would be promised to each other and would promise themselves to each other, saying that we're not yet ready to be married formally, which happens when you do the seven blessings, but we are committed enough to each other that we are going to forbid ourselves to everybody else, which is why those ceremonies were eventually put close together, because what kiddushin actually does is it means that you are forbidden to everybody else so strictly that you would need a formal divorce to get out of kiddushin. But you're also not yet permitted to your partner. You can't actually consummate the marriage yet uh, when you just do kiddushin. So when when uh, people would get married when they were you know 16, 17, 18 years old, uh, that was a complicated uh, dynamic to maintain. So they put the marriage, they put the ceremonies uh, closer together uh, so that uh, you could consummate the marriage right after. Okay, but that's what kiddushin does. It binds couples together, consecrating them together, saying that they are not permitted to any other person, that they are bound to each other. That they are all in on their relationship together. And so if you plug that notion of what kadosh means... Which I think is etymologically correct. It means to be consecrated for, to be separate from everything else, dedicated for a particular purpose. And if you plug that back in, Kadosh Ani Adonai lohekem, I think what the commandment is saying is be consecrated to me, God says, because I am consecrated to you. Be dedicated to me, God says, because I am dedicated to you. Be all in on the relationship, God says, because I am all in in my relationship with you. The commandment of kedoshim to you, which we get in this week's Torah portion, which, as uh, David and I were talking about a few moments ago, is... perhaps geographically, the central commandment in the Torah, the most fundamental of the commandments in the Torah, is that we cannot, as Jews, bounce between two options and two opinions. There's no such thing as dual loyalty in Judaism. God invites us to be all in on the relationship because God is all in on the relationship. And just as in any other relationship we have, and especially our marital relationships, we know that if that, that it's impossible to be married if you have one foot out of the relationship. If you're constantly looking around for other possibilities, for other options, for other directions. In a marriage, you're either all in or you're not in at all. And the same is true of our relationship with God, with our commitment as Jews. That doesn't necessarily mean, by the way, that we should all of us be uh, uh, observe as Orthodox Jews. I don't think commitment to God and commitment to Judaism requires uh, that approach to the tradition. But I think that what it means is that there are really two types of Jews. Not all the denominations that we talk about, but there are really two types of Jews. There are Jews that are all in on their relationship with their Jewish identity, they are all in on their commitment to being a servant of God in the world, that they are all in in directing their lives to pursue the purpose of the Jewish people, or they're not. Elijah's question to the people of Israel is a perpetual question. How long will you dance on two branches? How long will you hop between two opinions? Which means ultimately not really following anything at all. Not really having a purpose in this world or in our lives. And so, in our Torah portion this week, we are offered a fundamental choice that we can either accept or reject. The central commandment of Torah is God's invitation to us to be all in. We can choose not to be. But if we are all in, then God is all in as well. And there's no stopping what we can accomplish through the strength of that union. Shabbat shalom.